It's a disappointing end to a disappointing season. Can't go home without a fight, and I thought it, it was a good game we fought, uh, but it wasn't enough. We gotta go back I mean, to the drawing board and, and figure out what, where we can be better at. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. And today, you guys can probably guess what we are talking about. The Hawks lost Game 5 to the Miami Heat, and their season is now over. Um, a pretty valiant comeback attempt uh, led by spearhead by DeAndre Hunter, but in the end, it just wasn't enough. Um, we'll talk about some things down the stretch of that game as as well as what put them in that situation to begin with. Obviously, as the eight seed, you're kind of expected to lose to the one seed, but I think there's a few reasons why this one feels kind of extra disappointing. So yeah, we'll get to all of that in today's episode. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, please follow us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You never miss an episode. Okay, so Jimmy Butler missed this game for Miami. He was out with injury. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is already out. He missed game four and then game five as well. Um, so coming into this game, I think, I mean, obviously this was going to be tough for the Hawks to win. They put themselves in a tough position down three, one. I think everyone knew it was going to be a long shot for the Hawks to either win game five or maybe, you know, make a series of it again. Um, but when Jimmy Butler was ruled out, it kind of seemed, I think there was a little bit more optimism. Um, unfortunately, bogey. Bogdan Bogdanovich was out for the Hawks as well. Um, Clint Capella, who's been struggling with knee injuries, did play in this game, but then um, only played 19 minutes. The same knee that he injured against Cleveland flared up. So the health stuff, I don't know if it's I, – I would not call that a wash. I mean, I definitely think Jimmy Butler has been the best player in this series by quite a bit. And not having him, maybe that's a little bit of optimism going into this game. Um, this game started – this was not this was not what I would call a beautiful basketball game. The end of it got a little bit exciting. You know, if you're if you're if you're a Heat fan, uh, which I doubt you're listening to this podcast if you're a Heat fan. But if you're a Hawks fan, if you're a Heat fan, you probably did not enjoy the excitement in the fourth quarter. If you're a Hawks fan, you're probably um, probably pumped for it because DeAndre Hunter went crazy. We'll talk about more about him in just a second. Um, but. Basically, my point is from the beginning, this was not this was not gorgeous. The Hawks ended up shooting 32% from three, eight for 25. Uh, the Heat ended up shooting 22.6% from three, seven for 31. So just, you know, aesthetically, I mean, the Heat had 19 assists. The Hawks had 15 
and actually ended up with 19 turnovers, so a pretty bad ratio there for the Hawks. Um, so from the very beginning, the Hawks actually led this game in the first quarter, 22-21. So you started out decently enough. In the second quarter, though, there was another big run, which basketball is a game of runs, but it seems like there's been some game-defining runs um, that the Hawks have, the Hawks defense has yielded in this series. This one was a 20-4 to run that the Heat went on to end the first half. Just kind of a game-defining run that the Hawks really, I won't say couldn't recover after that, because which was definitely the case in game four when they gave up that 26-4 to run, I believe. Um, this one, it, it's not that they could never recover. They got back in it once you finally had someone start making shots. That was something the Hawks were really lacking in this game. Trey Young, kind of another, another clunker for him in this series. He just completely could not get going really other than Really, the only time you saw Trey get going at all was the fourth quarter of that Game 3 win. But 2 for 12 from the floor for Trey Young, 0 for 5 from 3, 7 for 9 from the line, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, um, 6 turnovers, minus 3, and finishes with 11 points. Not sure why I didn't lead with 11 points, but I did it all backwards, but there you go. Um, so another sort of clunker there, um, certainly in terms of shooting and, and Trey just really, really looked off his game. Um, he was not the only one though. Uh, cause really nobody else really had it going. I mean, this is obviously not a barn burner anyway. The heat won 97, 94, but after that run, um, the Hawks trail, they were up about four with, you know, five ish minutes to go, um, going into, or, or in the second quarter rather, and then, um, ended up down, trailing 54-42 at halftime after giving up that big run. Um, and then they're down 11 going into the fourth quarter. Um, and then in the fourth is when it gets – is when the game got interesting, although obviously a loss is a loss and, you know, the series over. But the series is over. But DeAndre Hunter really got going in a way that pretty much no one has been able to get going for the Hawks this entire series – 18 points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, so he was a plus eight in the fourth quarter. Six for eight from the field, two for four from three, four for five from the line. Um, really, really got going in the fourth quarter and was sort of putting the heat on its heels. He actually had five points in a row to narrow the deficit from to narrow the deficit to two. So the Hawks were down 95-93 with a little over a minute to go. Bam Adebayo responds with a dunk on the other end, assisted by Victor Oladipo, who actually started with Jimmy Butler out. And this was a good game from Oladipo. 23 points. He actually led the Heat in scoring. Three assists, three steals. So he definitely did what he needed to do for Miami in this game. Unfortunately for the Hawks, DeAndre Hunter actually ends up fouling out with 41.6 seconds to play. We'll get into this a little bit more later. Uh, the Hawks did not end up, Nate McMillan did not end up challenging that. And the way this game ended for the Hawks is one of the reasons that I touched on at the beginning where I, I, I just feel like this is extra disappointing. Um, the Hawks had a timeout and they got the ball back after a timeout with 5.2 seconds to play 
and could not get even a shot up. So we'll get into all the, you know, the back and forth, the ticky tacky of that. But in case, just for the sake of going through it, I wanted to go through it. I wanted to touch on those things. Um, and we'll continue to do that through the whole podcast. But I just wanted to run through the fourth quarter and kind of the course of the game real quick. Um, here's what Nate says. Hawks coach Nate McMillan said he he told his team after the game. You know, for our guys tonight, uh, you know, I just thanked them you know, for, you know, all that they've uh, given this season. Uh, you know, we got a lot of guys over there that are banged up and, uh, you know, some of the things, injuries we don't even talk about. And, you know, these guys fought through that really all season long. Sit back and reflect for a second on, on the whole season and the big the big picture and uh, just look at, I mean, where we, we came this year and what we all had to battle through to get to where we ended. And uh, obviously we wish we, we could have finished stronger and won more games and, went further, but um, I mean, what we did this year with everything we went through, I mean, battle testing the play in, playing two good teams, then going on the road and winning with some guys down. And then I think it just shows that I mean, we fought all year and fought to the end. So that was Trey Young on, on sort of reflecting on the series as a whole, or the, sorry, the season as a whole. I think there's a couple of reasons why this, the, the way this season ended is disappointing. Probably the play of Trey Young, unfortunately is another one as good as Trey is and as much as this team what made this team click was was offense they had the number two offensive rating in the league pretty much all season long and that was the one thing they just could not remotely get going um, against the heat the heat just had them figured out defensively that's a defensive minded team that's a very well coached team and the Hawks it, when Trey Young struggles like this, it is no secret that the Hawks are going to struggle like this. And that's what happened. It was actually kind of, not to say surprising, I'm not trying to say I don't think DeAndre Hunter is a good player. It's just you had Trey Young out there and it was DeAndre Hunter who was really shining in the fourth quarter, which, hey, I mean, the Hawks will take it because they got it back in the game. But I do think one of the biggest stories of you know this game and this series is how the Heat just really shut down Trey. And I think a kind of a storyline or thing to watch moving forward is how he learns from it, you know, watches film, grows from it, makes sure that when a team does this on him or takes this approach in the future, how do you adjust as a leader? Um, I also think something that the probably the Hawks as a whole will look at is personnel wise, which is not really Trey's fault because he's not in charge of roster building here. Personnel wise, what do we do to get guys around Trey? Do we need, you know, a second star alongside Trey? Do we do we need more ball handling? Because it certainly looked like it, especially with those turnovers that the Heat were the Heat started pressing in toward the end of the second quarter. And as an NBA team, you just you don't want to really fold the way that the Hawks were sort of folding when the Heat dialed up the pressure. Um, so do we need, you know, some guys who can come in and be strong on the ball and handle the ball, um, not just Trey, because if you want to play Trey off the ball, which we'll talk more later, you got to have someone to handle it. And sometimes the Hawks' best option is to put the ball in Trey's hands. So you kind of ran into some issues this series where maybe that's your best option, but is it the best option if the Heat are completely smothering you? Um, so anyway, 
y'all watch the series probably if you're listening to this podcast. Um, but it's just sort of a, a conundrum I had been thinking of there. Um, but here is Trey talking about but really just kind of giving credit to Miami's defense, which of course they deserve. They're a good defensive team. I mean, they, they, their team is more of a system than who they have on their team. And um, no matter who they have out there, they can play. It's, it's, it's about their system and their defensive system is all about helping. And uh, when they got a guy that they're targeting to take away, they're, they're, they do a really good job of doing that. And uh, so I got to go back and watch film and understand, I mean, places where I got to, learn and that's something that it's not just me I, I gotta sit down with coach and uh we gotta find out ways that I mean if teams are gonna face guard and do what they did the whole 94 and 48 minutes of the game you gotta be better at it yeah um and, and I mean I think that's the key I also think Gabe and I talked about this a little bit if y'all watched or if you listened um to the episode we did after game four we talked about this a little bit how facing this kind of adversity. I mean, hey, it sucks to lose. I'm not trying to find rainbows and sunshine here, but sometimes facing that adversity, especially early in your in your career, can be a good thing long-term for the franchise. But inevitably, this one's going to feel disappointing, especially because you look at a nearly identical roster that last year went to the Eastern Conference Finals. That team got super-duper hot, and this one didn't. This one could not find a rhythm this year uh, the way the last year's did and certainly could not sustain it. Um, I think one thing that helped this feel maybe a little bit better from the Hawks' perspective um, is, I mean, this game was definitely, it it looked like this was going to be a super, super deflating end. And because of the fourth quarter, because of the way DeAndre Hunter sparked things, um, because of the way they they showed some fight there, I think that helped a tad. But the Hawks didn't quit in the fourth, and here's Nate on that. You know, I saw a group that uh, wasn't giving in to it. Um, you know, we found something with uh, DeAndre uh, in a matchup uh, that he had, and he was able uh, to get us close. Uh, you know, that foul at the end, uh, you know, takes him out of the game. And, uh, you know, big call, you know, big play there uh, where we felt like we had some momentum going. But I saw fight uh, for these guys, from these guys for 48 minutes. So I will say, I, you know, this wasn't obviously a, a perfect game from DeAndre Hunter, who I think... I hate to be negative when he led such a good, you know, comeback attempt, um, but he's taken some steps back as a a guy who can handle the ball for you, which is something I think the Hawks really need. And we'll probably look at this off season is a guy who can create his own shot, um, which Trey's always going to be able to set up guys. That's, you know, that's part of what makes him so good. Um, But I think last season you started to see DeAndre Hunter as a guy who could get to his own shot. And this season you saw less of that, but Certainly shooting-wise, just seeing the ball go in the basket, that, that's exactly what the Hawks needed in the fourth quarter, and he gave it to them. Um, so that burst, I think, was much appreciated, and it helped this finish feel... I mean, again, it's still it's still a bad finish. It's still disappointing. Um, but it wasn't without some metal, is, is basically what I'm saying here. And... 
here was Trey Young talking about DeAndre Hunter and the fourth. He was aggressive all game. He was aggressive all game for us, and that was important for us. And um, especially with Bogey being out, we needed him to be aggressive, and it was, it was amazing to see him be aggressive. And um, especially in that second half, our, our kind of comeback and getting us back in the game, he was – I mean, even when I had the ball, his man was at the nail and I was able to kick to him. He was driving and making plays for not only himself, but for others, too. It was, I mean, really good to see and to, to have him go off. Wish we could have won for him. Um, but, yeah, obviously that last play, too, is a couple seconds late. Obviously, it's just the ref that I just got a tech on. Maybe it was personal with him, but it was five, six seconds late. And it was crazy, uh, the situation. Obviously, it being a six foul hurt us. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's this, this one possession out of a lot, so... So Trey mentions the the tech that he got called for, which I got to say, I mean, that's in my eyes, that's just really that's just really something that can't happen. So Max Truce basically stole the ball right out of Trey's hands and Trey was frustrated. I mean, if I was him, I, you know, you'd probably be frustrated for a lot of the series. I mean, this it's it's frustrating the way when you're getting face guarded like that, like you mentioned, I mean, you can't, it's, it's tough. Um, so I get him being frustrated, but he ended up getting called for a tech just a few seconds later. So you're, you're down eight with five minutes, you know, five and a half, five minutes to go. And I mean, that's not insurmountable, especially with the way Deandre Hunter was shooting. They technically, they, I mean, they did almost, come back it it came down to the last few seconds and just getting a tech there and giving free throws to the other team it's one of those things I feel like we've talked about it on this podcast a few times like I get Trey being frustrated with officials but at the same time you can put you can put your team in some bad spots um you know if you if you actually get a tech and someone's actually going to shoot free throws and, and score some points on you that way. Um, I mean, you got to think about like you lost by three, but if you'd only lost by one, you know, that's, it's just, it's just a tough situation. So he was clearly frustrated with that, you know, enough to talk about it post game too. Um, but he did have some good things to say about DeAndre Hunter and being more aggressive, which again, I don't think that's something we saw much from DeAndre Hunter this season. Um, we saw him shoot some threes. We saw some some up and down defense, um, but we didn't see him do much with the ball. Uh, again, comparing it to last season. So he was certainly, you know, bragging on um, DeAndre Hunter and, and what he was able to do in the fourth quarter and being more aggressive. Here's Nate talking about, I asked him specifically about challenging that foul call on Hunter with about 46 seconds to go. And man, it's it's tough because if you have DeAndre Hunter for the final minute, I don't know, if you have DeAndre Hunter for the final minute with how he was shooting, who knows what happens. I'm not even going to put anything out there because that'll be real annoying um, because, hey, they, they lost and it's done. It's the kind of thing as a coach I'm sure you can drive yourself crazy with. But Here's Nate on deciding not to challenge it. Absolutely. Uh, we I talked with the, 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 the bench and uh, we felt like that it was marginal contact. And if we lose that, we're going to lose my, my last time out and um, they would get the ball on the side. You know, so we would lose DeAndre as well as uh, uh, the last time out. 
and we just felt like it was marginal contact and that was going to go against us. So decided to try to hold on to that that last time out. And I, I understand that. And we can play, sh- you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda um, all night long or all morning long, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, we can we can do that for whatever time period we want. I don't know. You know maybe it was worth the risk. But then you think about losing that last time out. I, I get why it was such a tough decision, but it's, it's definitely very, very tough luck. Very tough situation for the Hawks to be without. The one guy who really had it going, the one guy whose shots were falling for in really the final minute. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. You always know what's really going on. Um, So let's talk about that final play a little bit more. Actually, let's let Danilo Gallinari talk about that final play. I mean, it was it was it was pretty easy and smart what they did. Um, they took away the three point shot. Uh, you ran the play to get the ball in a corner. Were able to get the ball in, and then they double team in a corner, and I had no uh, outlets, no time to do anything else. Uh, so I thought, you know, they played a, a smart defense. Essentially, the Heat did what they've done for a lot of the series which was just forced the Hawks into a turnover. And it ended up being the whole fourth quarter. But the fourth quarter, for the most part, was somewhat positive for the Hawks. I mean, they won that period 30-22, and Hunter was going. He was just, you know, in a groove. And then sort of a just a disappointing, almost like anticlimactic end to not even get a, to not even get a shot off when you're, you're coming out of, ti- out of a timeout. You have a little over five seconds to go. Like in basketball, that that is enough time to usually get something going. And they just couldn't. So um, a tough way for the season to end. Again, you're the eight up against the one. But I think the way that the Hawks lost this series, it, I mean, it, it was probably just a frustrating, frustrating series to watch for a lot of fans because – a lot of the stuff that you love about the team, a lot of the stuff that makes the team exciting to watch, you really only got one quarter of that. Um, and that probably made for an amazing, uh, if you were at you know game three, that probably made for a- an amazing night, but they just were not able to sustain really anything 
offensively in this series. Um, so I think I'm not going to get into too much of what the Hawks need moving forward, really, and in, in this podcast, just because like, you know, I'm in my hotel room in Miami and, and the game just just ended for for me. Um, so I think that's something that we can talk about maybe on the next episode um, or just moving forward. Um, it's just going to be like, I already get in trouble for episodes being too long. So if I give all my thoughts at once, I'm going to wear you guys out. Um, but one thing I think that this series did kind of illuminate from the Hawks perspective is how much can we, how much do we need to be able to play Trey Young off the ball? Um, to what degree do we need to do that? Because, they tried to do it in this series some. Again, it, it really didn't, they didn't find a solution with that. I think a lot of times, again, like I said kind of earlier in the podcast, a lot of times Trey's your best option. But if he's getting so smothered with the ball, does it make sense to have another guy, another guy with the ball and try to, uh, you know, move around and get some movement, get some ball movement and get Trey involved in other ways? Um, Obviously, this is something that uh, Steph Curry does a lot in his career, and that's how he's been able to get uh, one of the ways in which he's been able to to get open and just kind of develop his game. Um, but Trey is someone who plays very well and creates so well with the ball that you want him on the ball a lot. But when teams are playing him like this, it it makes sense to develop that more and more. Anyway, you see what I'm saying here. Um, to what degree do we need to be able to do that? And here's Trey kind of on off the ball stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, working off the ball is something I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at uh, anyway. I, I know how to, to come off screens and get into the, the paint and uh, find others. I mean, all, working off the ball is, is pretty similar. It's, it's probably easier than working on the ball. So, I mean, I know how to do it. Um, and I think it's really just about putting in the right system for for me to be off the ball too yeah and I mean that that comment that does make sense um as far as do you have the personnel to do that you know do you have that um that go-to you know like secondary creator and of course in this game the Hawks didn't have bogey so you are down a guy kind of like that um so that is that is fair to point out um not having bogey I think but you know bogey it'll also he had scored four points in game four. Um, so, but he had also gotten hot in the fourth quarter of game three. I mean, I, what I'm, I basically, I'm saying, I'm not sure which way the pendulum would have swung. Um, if you did have bogey in this game. Um, and he's right. Trey's r- correct to say, it's not like he's never done that before. Um, but you do have to have, you know, the personnel for it and, and the system for it. So I just think that's one thing that the Hawks will probably, you know, consider and, and look at um, this offseason in addition to a handful of other things. Um, we're not going to have time for that tonight. but Or, sorry, this morning. Or whenever you're listening to this. We're not going to have time for that in this episode. But I'm sure we'll talk about it one day soon. Kind of crazy to think about this season being over. I am like, I think it, maybe it's just now hitting me as I talk to y'all that this season, <laughs> this season is over. Um... Wow. I think it's it's a lot to like Trey said, there's a lot to reflect on Um, a crazy season. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the future, because 
for this episode, we're just kind of going to leave it about about game five. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. Please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Thank you all for following along with the Hawks report. Um, kind of crazy that we like legitimately have a podcast. I mean, we did it um, for whenever we started in January to all the way through the end of the Hawks season. Um, so. We will still keep bringing you content during the offseason on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.